The Holistic Jam podcast with Anita Denise is for you if you are open-minded and wanting to deepen your awareness of all things spiritual. Anita delivers enlightening insights in bite-sized episodes. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Jam podcast, episode 10. Today is J for Journey, the wellness journey. And today I've invited along Elizabeth Collins, who is the owner and director of the East West Company, and she is based in America. Now, Elizabeth, she is an integrative wellness practice specializing in burnout recovery coaching, functional medicine, acupuncture, and much more. She uses a combined background in both Eastern and biomedicine, as well as her training in hypnosis to approach healing from a perspective that seeks to fully integrate the mind, body, and spirit. After experiencing and recovering from burnout, she made it her mission to others identify their value, explore their boundaries, and bring a sense of balance to both their body and brain. When she's working with her clients, she loves all forms of music, reading, sharpening her tarot card skills, and crafting custom cocktails from random ingredients in her pantry. Well, today, I'd like to welcome Elizabeth here to chat with us about the wellness journey. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Anita, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. And obviously, there's a time difference between us as well. So you're noon there and we are late afternoon in the UK here. Which part of America are you actually based in? I'm on the East Coast, so I'm in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, sort of between New York City and Boston. All right, great. I did come over to um, New York a couple of years ago to the Tarot Card Conference there. So I, I see you like the interest in the tarot as well. So it's something other than the tarot. But today... Yeah, that's fantastic. I'd sort of invite you to speak about your, basically your journey and your path into the um, to the journey of wellness, basically, because being a um, holistic podcast and there are many um, varieties of tools for us to use and to, to blend with and try and some work well for some but not necessarily sort of for others so I'd like to have a variety a cocktail so to speak of holistic <laughs> practitioners so Elizabeth Dr Elizabeth um, would you like to sort of just explain to, to the listeners and myself how your journey first started about Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started out kind of on the biomedicine side of things. So I was a technician in an oncology unit at one point, and I followed that up as an emergency medical technician. So I worked as a medic for about three years. And in the process of doing that, I really enjoyed the the helping aspect of that. Um, But as an EMT, I was very limited in what I could do. You know, I was there for people's emergencies and then you take them to the doctor's office or the hospital or wherever they're going. And then you don't really get any follow-up. So um, I really wanted to continue down that path. And I was looking at a pre-med track and I was on a pre-med track, um, either doing physician assistant or med school. I hadn't quite decided which way I wanted to go. And in the process of that, I actually broke my arm and I had about uh, three, three and a half months off where that had to recover. So I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. And believe it or not, you had mentioned we both have an interest in tarot. I went and got a tarot card reading from a really talented woman named Corby Mitlide here in the state. I said, you know, I, I really want to be active in medicine. But what I had noticed is that from my biomedicine track, it, it was a lot of trying to manage patients' symptoms. And as an EMT, we would sometimes see people, the same people, going into the hospital a couple times a month or in some severe cases, a couple times a week. And I really wanted to get more of a root-oriented approach 
to helping people to figure out, you know, what's going on underneath the surface that's causing these types of symptoms. So I went to Corby and I said, I want to, I want to do something in, in medicine or wellness or something. And she did a tarot card spread and she put down a card for each type of discipline. So she said, you know, massage therapy, chiropractic, yoga instruction, acupuncture, craniosacral therapy. She did about seven of them and she flipped them all over and she said, acupuncture is, where is that for you? And so I went home and I Googled acupuncture. I sort of knew about it as a cursory practice. I'd heard of it. And it turned out there was an acupuncture program an hour from where I was living in the middle of nowhere in Western New York, which is where I grew up, which is not something I ever would have expected. So that was sort of my introduction to the world of integrative and complementary medicine. So I got my degree in acupuncture and I graduated in 2014 and relocated here to Rhode Island to start my practice. And I have this sort of voracious need for continuing education. I love learning. So I've spent the last eight years kind of taking different courses. I got certified in functional medicine. I got certified in hypnosis, all while running a business. And the combination of all of those things started to stretch me really, really thin. And I eventually, in 2019, uh, through working with a colleague who also does burnout recovery coaching, she's a fellow acupuncturist, and I had reached out to her and I said, I'm, I'm kind of struggling in my practice. And she said, that's because you're really burnt out. So that was how I started my burnout recovery process in 2019 with her. And I spent the last two years working toward that. And that made such a huge difference in my life and the way I exist, not just in my business, but in my personal life, in my spiritual life, it made a real impact. And so I decided uh, probably at the beginning of like 2021 that burnout coaching was another thing that I wanted to add to my plate of services. So that's kind of how I got here. Yeah. And I have to say, um, Elizabeth, that's what jumped out at me, your, your burnout coaching, because in the UK, this is not something we are particularly familiar with, to be honest. So it's probably quite new to the people who's listening in the UK, maybe not so much for the people who's listening in the States here. Um, but I think especially in the last few years with the COVID lockdown, all what's going on around the world, I mean, more issues here in the UK now with petrol problems. There's a lot of people mm. suffering from burnout. I mean, and I think yeah. sometimes people probably don't even realize they're suffering from she literally crashed almost literally come to the, to the end of it, hit a brick wall almost there. What do I go? What do I do? Who can I, who can help me? Um, so could you just in, um, enlighten myself actually a little bit more about the, the burnout coaching and, and what you would use and like so what sort of therapies take place in for burnout? So burnout's one of those things that a lot of people experience, but there's not a ton of language around because we're just starting to recognize it as a, a societal issue, as a wider issue. Burnout was originally mostly identified for people who worked in helping professions like doctors and nurses and things like that. That was an area where sort of burnout culture was recognized, um, known about, not necessarily with the resources to, to treat it, but at least being able to say this is where we see it. What was interesting to me is I experienced burnout as an entrepreneur as a, a solo practitioner. And so I was my work culture. This was something that my burnout coach went through as well for very similar reasons is we sort of created our own, we were the company. So we were the ones burning ourselves out and we didn't have a lot of good structure around that. And so in the process of looking to recovery, you have to do things a little bit differently. And so one of the primary things that I do is look at somebody's values you know, what do you value? Because whether you're working for yourself or you're working in a company or 
you know, stay at home moms. I mean, like that's a job. People can burn out doing that. So knowing what your values are is a really big deal. And then the other thing that is one of the primary things that I look at is boundaries. So where is your energy kind of leaking out? Where do you not have good boundaries? Where are you doing things where you shouldn't be because other people can take care of themselves? Are you putting more energy into something that you don't need to put as much energy into? All of those things. And it it can be a lot of little things that tend to build up that burn people out, which is why a lot of times people don't realize it until they hit that brick wall or they hit that crash point. And something that I remember thinking, and I've heard other people say this as well, and when you get the recognition from other people understanding that you're not the only person experiencing this, it's big, people will say, "Ah, I I don't. I don't want to like crash my car and get majorly hurt, but I just, I want to go to the hospital for like two or three days and just have somebody take care of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, just injured enough so that like, I need to sit down because we don't give ourselves permission to do that. So those types of things, when you start to feel that way, when you start to feel resentment over, you know, having to make dinner or, you know, call somebody back or answer an email, that's when you start looking at, am I burnt out? you know, oh, so, start so, looking for resources. As you said, I think it's like looking for there's the small signals, but often, as you said, we don't look for those small signals because there are times yeah. when the phone rings, you feel, you feel obliged to pick the phone yeah. up to a certain person, obliged to open the email, obliged, especially with today's modern living. I mean, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. using myself mobile phone forever by my side. You see a message come through. Um, so I completely understand how we can slip into this burnout culture um without realized it so i suppose it's that would you suggest people sort of start to um, be aware of little little behaviors they might start to make when they're sort of getting to that that point of almost burnout before they do crash out yeah absolutely one of the things that i sometimes have my my patients and clients do um and it's actually an exercise that my coach taught me that she has a program for do a resentment journal this is something that Kate Donovan um, is the person who created it. She wrote The Bounce Back Ability Factor, which is a great book on burnout recovery. She's one of the leading people in the field in burnout recovery. And by noticing places where you feel resentment, you can really start to pick out where those energy leaks are. I'll, I'll give you kind of an absurd example from my own life. When I was in the throes of burnout, I have cats. They love me very much and I love them very much, but I would get home. And if they happen to go through all of their food at the end of the day, or, you know, by the time I got home from work, they would be, you know, wrapping themselves around my ankles and meowing at me. And sometimes I would get home and if I had a granola bar or something during the day to kind of keep me going and I was really hungry, they would be like screaming at me for food. And I would be so resentful. Cats who are fully dependent on me is the most absurd thing. But that's where I was feeling resentment because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of myself during the day so that I had the energy reserves to get home to hungry kittens who just wanted food. And I could be like, okay, I'll get you food and then I'll get me food. I didn't have that. I didn't have the boundaries in place to take care of myself. And so that was one of the places where I was feeling resentment, even though it seems completely absurd, it taught me about what was going on in my life no i understand that because i happen to have eight dogs <laughs> so oh my word yes i understand the feeling mine is more around taking them out for a walk at times <laughs> raining um, but I still I still do it but no and I think self um you know not so much now because I've I've done a lot of um work on myself so to speak with with different sort of therapies um but I know when I went for a period where the where I did hit the wall burnout and I felt like I wanted to run away and 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 that's quite um fear as well but the folks of I sat down for 
that well, if I run, where I'm going to go to? Because I'm taking how I feel with me. So I can't escape that feeling you have with inside you, but it's learning to how to learn it actually as there's help out there for us to reach out and, and get help for us. And, and I think as well, acknowledging that sometimes we can't be the best at every, everything at all times. And I think boundaries are very, very important, as you said there. Um, so with your acupuncture, I mean, I, I, that fascinates me. And I have to confess, I've never actually had it done. And I, I don't have a fear of needles at all. But I don't know why I've never actually had it done. So, um, but I just, I just like, I think it's a fascinating um area of medication medication and an area that i'm just gonna i know you expertise but i had a friend who had a who took a dog along for so oh yeah absolutely and, and i just that even fascinated me even more so uh, is that so your your areas of if, with humans obviously we work with the humans here and um but with the acupuncture is there sort of like um people come for certain certain conditions certain or as it treats most things yeah acupuncture is really useful for a long large variety of conditions in the state most people associate it with pain management so that, that's really the big one um that i see a lot of people come for. But I also have clients um, who come for fertility. I have clients who come for migraine treatment. I have patients who come for um, integrative gastroenterology. So I might use a combination of like the functional medicine and the acupuncture for that. And acupuncture is really good at helping to regulate your body. So if you know, your cortisol levels are kind of high. If your stress hormones are kind of high, it can help bring that down. It can help engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which are sort of like the brake to your system. If the sympathetic nervous system is the gas pedal that we use for like stress and excitement and sort of those up kind of feelings and emotion, the parasympathetic nervous system is the brakes. It's what we often refer to as rest and digest. So it's really good acupuncture for regulating hormones, regulating your parasympathetic nervous system and putting you into a state where your body can recover. Um, this might seem a bit of a strange question, so, but um, I personally know someone who is on hormone replacement therapy because they're going through transition. From the hormone point of view, could that actually help someone who's transitioning from one gender to another? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It, because it is sort of a regulating kind of homeostatic sort of thing, it creates regulation in the body. It will help that transition uh, be a little bit more smooth. It will um, help the body uh, support itself. It will help the immune system. Um, it can really, again, engaging that parasympathetic nervous system, really calm everything down and make everything a little more smooth. Yeah, because I know the person very, very well. It's just like the hormones. They're very, it's very hot, very down, very up, very down. So just as you were talking about regulation and hormones, it just literally came to my own mind. So it's actually something I think really, again, um, if your body can help to absorb, simulate the hormones yourself, really sort of um, interesting. I shall be letting them know about this as well. I have to tell you, okay. Um, now, with the functional medicine, what what actually is the functional medicine? Is that like, um, so the best way that I actually heard this, a colleague described it uh, when I was first getting into functional medicine is functional medicine is like if Eastern medicine and biomedicine had a baby. So we use biomedical techniques like lab testing. We might do urine sampling, stool testing, but we use those and look at the markers and the relationship between the markers to try and find the root cause of what's going on. In some cases, you know, I, I use vitamin D as an example quite a bit because I live in a northern environment that tends to be very cloudy in the winter. I know you're very uh, also used to that kind of environment. Exactly. Um, so, you know, vitamin D tends to be very low for people. And you can supplement it and that's great. But if you can get it from a natural source as well, that's also useful. So 
any way that you can use supplements or medications or things like that to get the body back in balance and then transition to using food, minimal supplements to get what you need, or in the case of vitamin D, enough sun exposure to get what you need, not so much to cause a sunburn or create some kind of damage. So functional medicine really starts to look at the relationship between, you know, chemicals and vitamins and minerals and hormones to determine what's going on underneath and treat that and bring the body back into a state of balance from there. Because you said in the UK, there's a lot about vitamin D at the moment being spoken about. Um, and also they're saying it's helping with the um, COVID I have seen some research on that. That's not an area. That's not my area of expertise. So I can't advise that people take it, obviously. Um, but I have seen some of the research. Yes. Yes. I've been um, advising uh, even the actual medical profession itself, been advising people to up their vitamin D level over here in the UK. Um, oh, have they? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, there's obviously proof for the bones. It improves the bones, and we know we don't get enough sunlight over here in the UK. And then when you do get enough sunlight, you worry about getting skin cancer. So it's it's a combination of of getting the balance right, really, as you, as you said there. But I know they've been advising, and I think they're doing, if I'm correctly remember this, and to do, do test medically to look in the areas of vitamin D and helping people, you know, get for the COVID. But it, again, it all makes sense about working here mind body and spirit doesn't it because i know when i did my as a reiki it was all about you know it starts out in the out in the spirit here first of all before it actually comes to our physical body so people i think when when we go to the, the a and e or the emergency of the hospitals here it's often it's acute injuries but i think a lot of stuff that that happens to us as we go for a, a human life it takes time to build up and then we have this which if we could sort of pick up in the early stages go supportive of mind by spirit so if somebody was to come to see you do do you pick one area um to work with them or do you do like a like a, a course of different sort of therapies different treatment it's really very individualized so a lot of my acupuncture clients mostly strictly come to me for acupuncture, but some of them will also do functional medicine. With my burnout coaching clients, I actually specifically created um, the, the recovery package that I offer to integrate functional medicine into that. Because as you said, it's the body-mind-spirit connection. So if the body isn't balanced, the, the process of burnout recovery, the process of you know healing emotional trauma and things like that is much more challenging. I had a scorching vitamin D deficiency when I was in the midst of my burnout. It was about 20 points lower than the lowest baseline where it should have been. In functional medicine, we want to see it at about 35 at a minimum. Mine was at 14. And I had no energy. I couldn't cook dinner. I literally, all I could do was sit on the couch and watch Netflix. So once I started to address that about two weeks into supplementing it, um, and you, we had been talking about vitamin D before. You do want to keep a very close eye on that because you can also get too much vitamin D. Um, so it's one of those things that you don't just want to take it indiscriminately because if you get too much of it, the symptoms of vitamin D toxicity can actually mirror the symptoms of vitamin D insufficiency. Um, but for, for my part of the journey, that functional medicine piece was critical because that brought my mood up. It raised the, the floor on where I was feeling and it allowed me to do some of that emotional work and some of that spiritual work that I didn't have the energy or the access to. So when I specifically when I work with burnout clients, I bring the functional medicine piece into it because I like to say that you can't meditate your way out of vitamin D deficiency. Um, you know, there's there's kind of just no way around it. So those are those two are very linked. 
um, okay, for me. Um, the 21st century because as you say there's modern medicine out there and there's also like the the holistic stuff and i think the two can work very well together don't they you can't you can't magic oh, yeah. vitamin d if you need vitamin d you can't magic iron if you need iron in your body so it's knowing you say the the functional medicine aspect of what the body chemically requires you know energetically mm-hmm. requires then you can bring it in to help for the um the burnout what's going on in their life is there um, a, a specific sort of client you see for the burnout coaching or is it just going to be really general across the board? It can be pretty much anybody, but most of the people that I tend to see are women who either work in corporate or who entrepreneurs. Those tend to be the people who gravitate towards me. I think because I am somebody who worked in you know a high intensity environment in when I was working in biomedicine and who now runs a business. So I understand that process. So in addition to simply my background of functional medicine and acupuncture and hypnosis and all of those things, there's a personal piece that I can very much empathize with. And that tends to attract those types of clients to me. But I work with all sorts of people. And how do you, how do you work with your clients? Do you like one-to-one clients tell, or do you work like online with your clients? So acupuncture obviously is an in-person thing. When I was at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to close for about 14 weeks and somebody had said, you know, can you do remote sessions? And I was like, uh, I mean, no, <laughs> you know, I could do acupressure with people over Zoom, but what they do on themselves. So like, I don't, I don't practice voodoo. So no, um, so acupuncture is most certainly in person. Um, but the coaching and functional medicine, I actually mostly do over Zoom. Oh, good. So that's nice. So people are beyond beyond where you're based. If they're interested in sort of looking at burnout coaching, they can sort of find mm-hmm. work online with you as well, which would be really absolutely. great, lovely. I just think what you do is absolutely amazing. Sort of thank you for sharing your time with us. Um, is there anything you could sort of to to leave our um, listeners with this afternoon to sort of help them to recognise maybe be suffering from burnout, or they maybe need to sort of look at more at the chemical balance of their body going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, really those those moments of resentment or frustration, any place in that life in your life where that's starting to pop up, that's a space where you can ask a question. Why is this coming up? Why do I resent this? Why am I frustrated by this? Like sometimes things just happen. You know, you're sitting in traffic, it's traffic, it's frustrating. But for other things in your life, like if you get frustrated every time your your computer pings with an email, turn off your notifications. Check your email once every two hours or twice a day or something like that. Those little moments of of frustration can be really, really telling. That's a really good place to start. And the other thing that I would say is don't do this alone. We are social creatures. We are meant to support one another. So if I'm working with a burnout client who is someplace else in the world, I will still recommend that they maybe go get acupuncture if they're super stressed out. I will recommend that if they have a history of trauma, Find a trauma-informed therapist or a somatic therapist, somebody that can kind of get you back in your body. If you don't have the financial resources to do this, go onto Instagram and type in, you know, end burnout culture or burnout recovery or something like that. There are really awesome resources that can start to help you heal if you're not quite ready to take the steps to work with somebody else. understand that because some people, it's taking that first step to accepting that something's not quite right within ourselves. It's not about the people are accepting, acknowledging that, hey, you know what, I don't feel happy, I don't feel right, I feel stressed, and I may need some help. But I think that is hurdles if people accept they need help, I'm going to say to you. So, so people would like to find yeah. you, Elizabeth. Um, I've got your, where can I actually come and contact you and find you if they'd like to sort of learn more about how you work and what you do? 
Uh, they can find me on my website at www.theeastwestco.com, and I can give you that for show notes um, if that's easier. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the handle at the, the East West Co. as well. And actually, if you're interested in tarot readings, I have a website called thevintagemystic.com, and I do tarot readings as well. Oh, great. Fantastic. Well, I will have <laughs> your, your, your links for the show notes so people can find you there in the show notes. Um, and thank you for joining us today. It's been really interesting. Um, I wasn't aware of burnout coaching, so I'm really glad that you've come along and enlightened me, to be honest, about it and making boundaries. But I think for all of us, we need sometimes, to have, and sometimes it's easier just to do than say no. And this could be part of the problem rather than sort of saying no, you know, as it is. So Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. I think it's fantastic that you're taking the time to get information about integrative and holistic uh, opportunities for people. I listened to your uh, episode recently with Anusha, whom I know on Feng Shui, and it was so enlightening. So you're doing some really phenomenal work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. And there's, there's such a, a world of, of uh, therapies out there for people to try and to tap into and, and just to gain knowledge. Thank you for you listening to the Holistic Jam podcast. If you have enjoyed listening, please do let me know by leaving so a review and do not forget to subscribe so on your so favorite podcast Elizabeth platform. And we'll put the show you are welcome to join my animal you. communication Thank group, you. Animal Communication with Anita Denise on Facebook. I would love you to follow me on social media at Anita Denise. If you would like to know more about working with me, head over to www.anitadenise.com. Until the next episode, thank you.